Welcome to Chosen Generation Ministries with Pastor Paul Morgan. We are a non-denominational, multicultural ministry based in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. CGM helps to develop nurturing, healthy relationships with ourselves, others, and God. We are a conversational church that engages our congregation in an active dialogue that enhances their personal walk with Jesus Christ in all aspects of life. Let's join Pastor Paul. So, Father, we praise your holy name because you are good. You've done miracles for us. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before your throne, washed in the blood of Jesus. I thank you for giving me the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. Make me a quick understanding so I do not judge by what I see with my eyes or hear with my ears, but by what your Holy Spirit reveals to me. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence and ask you to be Lord over this ministry and all that is done here. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to anoint this time of prayer and ministry. We claim the blood of Jesus over this session for our protection. We proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord here and that this is holy ground. We take authority in the name of Jesus and the power of his blood and word and command all evil spirits to leave this property now. We claim this room sealed in the name and authority of Jesus. We bind and forbid any evil spirits on the outside from having any knowledge or influence in this room. We thank you that the battle is the Lord's, but the victory is ours. We thank you that you have the right to adjust, to shift, to move, to change, to do whatever is necessary to bring forth your glory, your power, your might, your dominion, your increase, your victory in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have a seat. Starting a new series, because I know y'all warriors by now, right? <laughs> Starting the fire. The title of this message is called Ignite. We're going to some deep places, some hot places, some in your face places that you will need to make a decision about victory in your life. So today, what's taking place is for the first time, I'm asking Generation J, J2 to be a part of the service. And and that's, that's next door to our J and J2 church for the children. But this time I wanted to, them to spend time with what I'm about to talk about because I want them to have the victory. I want them to walk in victory. Because the Bible says that the children will lead them. So some parents might, make the, might not make the right decision, but as I have them involved in this part of the service, they'll be in a place where they can say, Mom, Dad, and not talking about your parents like y'all bad people or nothing like that, but everybody needs some help sometimes. And, and, and being honest with you, can I be honest with you? Sometimes it doesn't have to come from who you think it's going to come from. Because children are bright. They're real smart. So the title is in, in, uh, Ignite. But the secret is uncertainty. Now what I'm going to share with you is there are two levels. There's a level of certainty. That's where you know exactly what's going to happen. You know the pastor's going to get up and he's going to share a word. And when y'all hear me say, I'm going to make it quick, y'all know that that's when you go into uncertainty. Because <laughs> you know the pastor can't do that. So uncertainty is where doubt, fear, and what will happen next produces anger. And let me give you guys a biblical example of this. Now, y'all know Jesus, right? 
So Jesus walks in the temple. Now, what's supposed to happen in the temple? Praying. The word. Worship. So Jesus walks into the temple. And when he gets in there, what, what's going on? Foolishness they selling. A little bit of everything. So Jesus gets mad. Now, what was he expecting? Prayer. How certain was that? Should have been very certain. When y'all walked in here, y'all expected church, right? When he walked in a temple, he expected church. And when certainty is not present, anger manifests. So he got angry because he was certain that he was in a church. So guys, I got news for you. We're living in an uncertain world. And the thing that I'm concerned about is about the anger that has manifested in people's lives. I hear somebody blow at me three times yesterday. I'm just going five miles from one place to the store. I wasn't driving fast enough. I didn't get in the lane quick enough. Somewhere, somewhere, somebody got in a fight over that. So the statistics are staggering. That's why I've asked the children to come over. I'm, I'm going to go over that. But wherever there is uncertainty, there is going to be anger. I just want you guys to get an understanding of that. How certain is the world right now? Well, can it give you a surprise? It's going to get worse. But see, we don't have to be in that place. We can be in the midst of uncertainty and still walking in peace and victory in our lives. But that's a decision we have to make. And I want to give everybody the chance to walk in victory. So that's why I'm teaching on this. And that's why I've asked for the children to be here. So uncertainty is, is an unexpected plan or an idea. Uncertainty. Now, we know that you plan to cook out. And according to the weather, the AccuWeather, y'all know the AccuWeather, right? <laughs> don't, don't, don't go any farther than that because we don't live. So we, we, we did this cookout according to the AccuWeather only to find out that it wasn't so accurate. Because we did one here at church where, where we were playing some stuff and, and the weather got all funny. We started speaking to the weather and it straightened up right before Right before. But that could have caused us to be a little angry, right? Because when you plan something and it doesn't come out the way you planned it. Anybody ever dealt with that before? Okay, amen. I'm glad I got some humans in here. Because, <laughs> you know, some people try to act like nothing never go wrong for them. Uncertainty. Unresolved feelings. About the past. Maybe someone grieved you have to grieve someone who no longer is here. What about loss? Anybody ever lost something? You was promised a job. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. And somebody else got it? They told you, matter of fact, you could even quit your job. No, you don't do that. No. They said, you got to see stuff in right. <laughs> you lost the person you thought you were going to marry, which was a blessing, but you, you don't realize it yet. <laughs> So we get angry about stuff like that. I'm just giving you some scenarios, okay? But see, what I want to deal with, I want to deal with that past piece. I want to deal with that lost piece. Because, guys, you are going to, you're living a life now that where there are disappointments, where there are going to be loss. Mental health. 
uncertainty, opposition, defiance, disorder. Let me talk about that for a moment. That is, say, your children or your child. Let's say your child. You're going to pick one. Opposition, defiance is that child that wants to argue about everything, don't want to do what they're supposed to do. Where where the clock at, uh, Shay? Okay, I'm going to look at my clock. No, I'm not looking at anybody. No. They are in opposition to everything you ask them to do. Can I give you a secret about them? Their job is to tee you off. <laughs> you wasting your time every time. I'm still looking at the clock. I'm not looking at nobody ever. Okay? Their job is to tee you off, make you salty. Is that, that right, Chris? <laughs> they have no, dis- they, they, their job is to make you upset. Once they get you upset, they are fr- free and excited. And in their mind, they're saying, they won't try that again. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay? I, I, got, some, I got some many amens. But let me tell you that it's incorrect opposition to the fire disorder as children. I done seen it go up to adults. So we got some adults that got this thing mindset in their mind that they in opposition to everything you do. Jesus could come and tell them, let's go this way. And they said, no, you don't know what you're talking about. So is that uncertain? You got a small task that all you're asking them to do is just do this. I'm talking about, but you live with them. You got them till 18. You're going to definitely make sure they go to college. So they out of your house. So for that time slot, you don't have to deal with it. But let, let me just keep on going. So. Wherever there is uncertainty, things are going to be intense. Y'all got it? So 50% of Christian clients deal with anger. When they come in, 50% of them, now this is worldwide, that's just not just me. 50%, they're dealing with anger. So if we can process anger, then we have a winning chance. But we have to process it. We can't stuff it. Because when we stuff it, what, what happens to it? There's no such thing. Y'all finish it. So it's going to do something. But if we can process our emotions of that anger, then anger can't stick. It can start, but it doesn't have to stick. You got to replace the thought. God's not going to do that. You have to replace the thought. If you don't like how you feel, you have to talk to it. You have to talk to the situation. My concerns is that anger, when left unprocessed, destroys communication. What, what, what do you do when you get upset with somebody? Do you, do you still talk to them? Or you cuss them out first, and then what you do? Get quiet. Get quiet. So if I'm angry, then it's not going to be solved. Because how do we solve what's wrong by communicating? So I'm concerned about the fact that unless we process our emotions, our anger, then communication is going to be lost and there's no chance in reestablishing a relationship. Because were you process anger or those negative emotions, what ends up happening is your, your love can be closer. It increases your relationship instead of decreases because you find out what was wrong. But if we don't talk about how are we going to know what's wrong? Tear apart relationships, rip them apart. You got families that don't even talk to each other, but they need to. You got brothers and sisters that are just totally alienated from each other. But it started out with anger. They, they expected something. They expected certainty in a relationship that was uncertain. 
This destroys joy and health. Notice I say the joy part first, and then it gets you health. Because when joy leaves, then your health is going to be start to get stuff. It's not going to be nice stuff. If you don't process that anger, nice stuff is going away because when a thought finds itself, it's going to only get something similar to itself. So when you're upset with Billy Bob, then the only thing you're going to think about is all the stuff Billy Bob jacked up. And you don't care how far you got to go. How many going back at least 20 years? Raise your hand. You went back 20 years on somebody. I see two honest people over here. Everybody saying so on this side. All right, we got somebody in the sample. How many years? 25. Okay. Y'all write this one down. I, I had to get up and walk around my desk on this one. We justify instead of change. I'm ministering right now and some people are thinking to themselves, well, that don't apply to me. You need to change. See, emotions are processed. And if not processed, they silent enough where they have the time to take you out. See, see people used to people being combative with them. They, you see what's happening with that. But you didn't see what happened after they left. And so the enemy knows that I have this silent time where this person is dealing with what was just said. And then they send somebody else your way. But you didn't do anything with that stuff. And so I'm bringing you information we justify instead of change. So if someone brings something to you, you ask the Holy Spirit first. And you can do it right in front of them. They don't have to see your lips move. But my lips move. Holy Spirit, is there any truth to that? And you know how fast the Holy Spirit talk, right? He answered while you're right there. So then you say, tell me more. That shocks people, don't it? You ever told somebody, tell me more? <laughs> 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 it freaks them out, and then they look for even a better way to say it. When, when you say, tell me more. Because, see, they had already prepared themselves for what? Opposition. Uh, yeah, opposition. Adults and children are staying angry. That's what I'm after. Because, see, some people still haven't adjusted to what their schedule is for when the coronavirus came. You're working from home. But how long is it going to last? Will you? you <laughs> that's a faith confession. Go ahead on something. <laughs> but y'all ever met somebody angry all the time? You don't, even, you don't even live with them. But when you saw them yesterday, they were angry. When you see them today, what are they? You, you give them free, a free meal. Hey, man, here's a free meal. They mad about the food, mad about the fact you asked them, mad at the restaurant, you let them pick. You say good morning to some people. We was in a situation where me and this, this other guy who works at Boaz and Ruth, the dude said good morning to a lady, and the lady cussed him out, pulled her pants down. You know, like, kiss this. You think she was angry? Was she mad at him? It woke up mad. Sun was shining, wasn't raining, wasn't cold. But, but, but turn to your neighbor for a second. Neighbor, are you, are you the one that's mad all the time? No? No? Uh-oh. Didn't nobody say no? That, nobody said yes. That was them, did 
All right. So th this is fact. This is information stored on this, this service. So this is what bothered me. Pre-pandemic depression. I'm talking about children. Was it 11.6 percent? Anxiety. 12.9 percent anxiety. That's you being worried about stuff. Not knowing what to do with what's on the inside of you. Being says, somebody says something special to you. Somebody making fun of you. Somebody bullying you. You don't know when I go to school what's going to happen because the teachers only have the ability to do so much. But y'all ready for, for pandemic numbers? What are those numbers? Pre-pandemic? Current. Now these were done worldwide. 63.8% Current is depression. Now, if I'm your pastor, I should be looking out for you. That's why young people are in here from Generation J2. If I'm your pastor, I should be talking about how to walk free of depression and anxiety. Now, let's look at anxiety. 49.5%. What was it pre-pandemic? Y'all think that's a big jump? You think that's going to slow down? That's what I'm concerned about. But I'm talking to children, but I'm also talking to adults because you guys, we are in, we can be in that situation. But let's keep our numbers down because there is a God. His name is Jesus. And we don't have to be depressed. We don't have to be anxious. Because he said, be anxious for nothing but, but everything by prayer and supplication. Supplication is I'm thanking him for what, I, what I've already prayed for. I don't have to be in that. I said it all in my mouth yesterday. When, when, guys, talk back to, to space. Talk back to the spirit realm. Yesterday, Carol and I, you know, I was lying in the kitchen. I was working in the kitchen. Boy, I tell you, I tell you about that testimony. I'm telling you, Corey, I'm lying in the kitchen. I was cutting stuff, brother. Yes, sir. She, she gave me a task to do. I wash vegetables and everything, man. Yes, sir. I'll tell y'all about that later. <laughs> but anyway, the news was on, and they showed how the prices of gas went up. In some places, they say it's $4 a gallon. You know what I said out loud? In the spirit room, I said it out loud. I don't care how high gas prices go. We always have more than enough to get everything that we need. We'll fill the tank. But see, somebody looked at that, and they, oh. What did what, what, they say? Did they say anything? But what were they thinking? Y'all don't shout it out. I won't be able to go anywhere. I'm going to walk. <laughs> I can't afford it. What else is going to go up? So they took it to another level. So they just entered into anxiety because they didn't say nothing. Talk to the situation, guys, because the spirit man, the spirit realm heard you. Provision has manifested. All right. Don't, don't provoke the children. Now, let me see something. Let, let, let me just say this. So, your children are already catching at, at, at school. I got children in here. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> so now, why are you going to add to the challenges they already facing? Now, this is real talk, right? Are y'all mature? In, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, in the Amplified Bible, it says this. 
Now, why are they talking to fathers? Because men are, fathers are supposed to be the head of the household. Okay, real quiet on that one. All right, so let me go ahead and read the, read the scripture then. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not, ex- what was that, what's that word? Exacerbate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial and unreasonable and humiliating or abusive. Y'all understand what that means? No, I need to explain it. So, I'm not supposed to, as a father, talk to my two daughters in a way that causes them to be resentful towards me. Um, I'm going to share something, no names. Now, you got a little girl about this size. Y'all heard her toughen them up? So I got to toughen them up according to, before they go out there. But are they smart enough to know you toughen them up, although you saying I'm toughening them up? Now, you their father, and the scriptures say, do not provoke your children around. So you calling your child an ugly name so that you can toughen her up. So now, that's provoking your children around. So now, that child don't want to go visit dad because every time I'm with dad, he calls me this ugly name. That is not my name. So now you just provoke me to resent you and not want to spend time with you. But I'm supposed to be as close to my father as I can get. But now I'm setting up a distance. I'm smart enough to know I don't want to spend time with you because when I go to your house, I leave upset. Now, not only are you destroying the daughter, but you're also will be judged for distancing the daughter from you. When your child says stop, and you don't stop, do I need to look at the clock, or can I still look at y'all? Okay, so I'm saying look at the clock. <laughs> when your child says stop, and you continue to hurt or play with them asking you to stop, what are you teaching your daughter? Or your son. When that man grabs your panties, I'm talking real because I know children in here. And you tell them stop and your father won't stop. When you tell him, then why are you expecting that boy to stop? You are provoking your child to sin. Because do you know how much courage it has to come up for a child to be able to tell their father stop? Because inbreded in children are the fact that that's my mom and that's my dad. To be able to tell them that. Can can, can I go further? Is it okay? When did God tell us that the children get to decide whether they go to church or not? Where where, where Tim and Madeline at? Tim and Madeline, that's my sister brother. We could stay out all night at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. But your body, notice I ain't say the word, better get up for church. Now, we would go to church. We wouldn't pay attention because we halfway sleep, halfway drunk. Still hot. Still hot. I'm there. I'm there. Because we couldn't tell our parents we don't feel like going to church. Because the word says you bring them up in the nurture and ammunition of the Lord. 
You take them and take them to church. Oh, I got a problem. Why the father supposed to be staying in the bed instead of leading the family to the church? There's no way that the wife is supposed to be at church with the children without the father, without her husband, unless he has to work. Yeah, I've been accused of being hard on fathers, being hard on men. But if we the head, what are we supposed to do except lead? And you should never have to bring that up. You should be leading in such a way the wife wants to follow you. I'm never here to say to Curly, you know I'm the head of the household. Because I'm leading in such a way she wants to follow me. Amen. All right, thank you, babe. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and see, you know, y'all have a problem with this. Y'all forgive me, but go to God and forgive him first because he's the one that said it. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. You set precedence of things where they out in the garden with you and you never used a hoe before or a rake or a shelf. And you're getting in trouble because you're not going right straight down the line. How can you reword that so that they can be encouraged about what they did? I'm telling you, man, we are the examples, fathers. Step into the room sometime. Just sit on the floor. Don't sit on the bed where they're at. You, you want your children to talk to you? Sit on the floor and freak them out. You know why I freak them out? Because they up here and you down here. They'll start to talk because they know it's bedtime. Jazz and Tamika, I'm telling you, boy, they always had a story to tell you. I forgot to tell you this story. 15, 20 minutes late. And they didn't even know how to tell time, but they, they, they wanted to stretch that thing. But guys, we got to set a precedent. We are. Fathers do not provoke the children to anger. Because see, they, they have not gotten to the point where they know how to process their emotions. So what is it that you talk to them in such a way or humiliate them or set rules that are unreasonable and then with everything else they got, I'm still looking at the clock over here, with everything else they got going on, now they add you to the list. So I'm not safe at church, I'm not safe at school, and I'm not safe at home. Now there's discipline. Y'all understand I'm not talking against discipline. But y'all spend time reading that scripture and you tell me what you come back with. Nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them. My dad mom said, you know, it was a whole bunch of us. What was nine of us? Eight? It was eight of us. I forgot how many numbers we had. <laughs> when we got a spanking, my mom asked my dad, said, honey, you look like you spanked that one longer than that one. He said, no, I counted the same number for each one. And we were like, dad. You know, you, you, you know I'm glad that Melly and I were the, the, the babies. So the mindset was, by now, dad should be tired. Dad wasn't tired. He wasn't tired. They didn't have Gatorade then, but he wasn't tired. That's up. The same number of licks. We had some. I ain't called nobody's name. Try to put a phone book. Y'all know how big a phone book was? Now, you know that's going to be sticking out, right? Or, or the uh, 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 Sears or J.C. Penney uh, magazine catalog. Things sticking out. He just say, take, take the thing out. And what you did. I'm just talking about, you know, you can go flesh on people sometimes. Anybody ever been in flesh? You can go flesh on people. We stood back and watched to see how many licks the other person got. We want to make sure that they was even. I'm just, I'm just telling you. <laughs> 
So they made sure they didn't show favoritism. We all got the same. I always got the same Christmas clothes. We got three shirts and three pair of pants. And we had a grandmother that always wore the socks. I always got a socks. Always got a socks. <laughs> but it goes on to say, but bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. In what discipline? Of the Lord. So we go to God to find out how we're supposed to raise our children. But guys, give them, I'm not saying a fighting advantage, I'm saying a winning advantage. That is a, a, a adjustment that I made, a winning advantage. Let them be excited to come home. Let them be excited to spend time with you. Now, I, I know it's not always going to be peaches and roses and, and all that. Know that. We, we got two girls, so we know. I'm just saying. Boys are special, you know, but girls. See, we, we think different with girls. Am I lying on the men, men that's here? Do y'all think different about y'all girls? Why y'all do that? Because we know what we were like. Okay, okay, y'all don't want to go there this morning, okay? We were dogs. So I said, oh, there it is. So we watch every man that's looking at our daughters. Okay, all right, all right, okay, okay. Y'all don't, want, y'all don't want me to talk about it, but I'm just talking about protecting our children. Protecting our children, because we, we, okay, I'm gonna I'm go on, on. I'm just gonna go on, okay? Now, anger. Anger can be a result of uncertainty. So guys, I'm taking you to a place where you can know every time that anger manifests is when you are dealing with something you thought was certain. You thought you could get in the car and ride down here and, well, you know, there are some people that can do that, come from Ashland to Richmond in 15 minutes. There are people that are available that can do that. But most people need 25, 30 minutes. I'm going to say 30. Let me just be real with you, 30. So if we didn't get here in 15 minutes, that would have been uncertainty. We walked to the car, I'm going to drive, and Curly said, I got gotcha. you. I know when Curly said, I got gotcha, you, that means because I drive faster than you, I'm going to get us there. <laughs> so see, that was certainty. I knew we were going to be here. We turned the curve like this. <laughs> and when Jazz and Mika used to ride in the back car, you know, when you had the car seats, one day they went all the way from right side to left side. They ended up this way on the glass. <laughs> we realized it was quiet back there. I said, what's going on? Curly said, when it's quiet, what's, something not right. And I looked, they, they pinned against the glass like it. <laughs> so she waited till she parked there. She said, sorry, baby, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but guys, I'm telling you, whenever you have an expectation and it's different than how you expect it, then what happens is anger is trying to manifest. So now you're going to talk to the situation as soon as you sense it instead of waiting until you get home an hour later, well, eight hours later. So I'm just telling you, that's the place you want to look at. So what happened? Oh, y'all ready for this? Well, let's read this together. Y'all ready? Proverbs chapter 20, together. Proverbs chapter 29, 11 in the Amplified Bible. A short-sighted fool always loses his temper and displays his anger. 
but a wise man uses self-control and holds it back. They didn't say he stuffed it. He holds it back from smacking somebody on the head, shooting somebody, hurting somebody, running over somebody. But a short-sighted fool, always going to say, what do you think? Displays this anger. So that's what I want us to be able to process, where we're going to use self-control. Uh, I, I got two on this side, two on that side. Can you give me an example of using self-control? When you want to, act like a fool. I got one over here. My boss's boss called me out my name on a virtual meeting. And honey child, if it weren't for anger management twice and your counseling and the miracle that the Lord has given me, I would have cussed her out. Okay. And I said, wow, that was very unprofessional. I said it just like that. Very good. And then I did a Michelle head tilt. Okay. And I said, well, I will talk to you ladies later. And I pressed hang up before they could even respond. Glory to God. Now y'all know. Y'all know Jay. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He answered prayer. All right. Amen. I'm just talking here. It's okay to be real with y'all about children because I got children here. I don't want them to think that we, we just got it all together. Because we don't. <laughs> he, he puts us together. O over on this side. Anybody? That was special and you, 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 you processed in, in, in the right way? I got one up here. was in a meeting once with an employee and trying to understand why they saw that part of their job should stop. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it, I was feeling really angry because I thought I would, I thought it was a character issue. And so then I realized, okay, well now I know where he is. Okay. And so now I know what to expect and I can adjust my expectations accordingly. And since then it's been really helpful because okay. now I don't get mad at the person. I just know this part they're not going to do, and so, therefore, we're considering how long do they stay. Okay. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Anybody else? You got one back here? Oh, well, I get pretty mad sometimes. Okay. And so mad that I feel like literally punching a wall. Okay. But then it's the one voice in my head. I don't know if it's mine or God. And it's like, you know you're... Your hand is gonna hurt after this, you know. <laughs> I'm not trying to break my knuckles, you know. So, and that happens pretty often. Okay. Okay. You know, I'm not trying to be in the hospital mm -hmm. and like have a yeah. bloody knuckle. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate you for sharing. Uh, that's God, because you said you want to do it, and He's speaking to you not to do it. Yeah. I I, I did that. I, I you know I, I hit the, the ceiling of the car. And Curly just looked at me. I wasn't mad at her. I was mad at the situation. We got, I, I ended up bumping somebody under the tunnel, um, you know, when we was coming back from the beach. And this was 30 years ago, and I bumped them, and he got out of the car. I can like it. You know, you know how slow you're going underneath the tunnel if, if, if the traffic backed up, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he get out of the car like this, man. And it's like, you know, so, so once he said, okay, 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 I'm all right. And then I drive off and I just boom, hit the ceiling and, 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 you know, I look down and blood, you know, like we said, bloody, bloody, what you got? Bl bloody knuckles. And Kelly said, mm, was that necessary? <laughs> you know, y'all know what I'm on. Am I lying? Y'all know people can speak back to y'all in a certain way where you, you, you're looking at yourself, you know? So, so yeah, that's God. 
I wasn't listening when I did it. So at least you listening. I'm just being real. It's okay to be real, y'all? All right, so, so let's look at what, what type of emotion anger is. Anger is an emotion. Now, now I, I will let you know this. God gets angry. But that's called righteous indignation. That means he's looked at everything. He knows everything there is to know. And this is the, this what needs to take place in that situation. But who, who are we made in the image of? So if God can get angry, is it okay for us to get angry? So write this down. It's okay to get angry, but just don't stay there. He said, be angry, but don't sin. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Because some of us can sin. <laughs> I, I just laugh when Christians try to act like they never cussed before. Y'all just repent. Just repent. Just repent and get it straight. That's all I'm saying. So it's a normal human reaction. It's effective and beneficial in certain situations. Did y'all know you can use anger to your advantage? Okay, I'm going to give you one. Uh, What's that quarterback that um, his coach, this was before the Super Bowl, they got in the Super Bowl, but they did a report and the news media compared him to another football player, uh, uh, quarterback, and I'm hoping Ed or uh, or, or Darius, they all would know this one. And the, and the, the, the coach of the guy says, well, I wouldn't say all that about him. He's not that. Do y'all know who I'm talking about? Okay, all right. Joe Burke. Coach name, okay. And so what ended up happening was this quarterback started to, he used that anger to promote him to, to start making more plays, taking them to the Super Bowl. Well, not the Super Bowl, the playoffs, right? So you can use anger to your advantage. Just don't keep it. So he can use it for the game, but don't go, go home with it. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Uh, Mike, Dale, you can go that way because they can see you on the. But this is one thing you don't want to do with anger. You don't want to try to prove somebody. You don't want to use anger and say, well, they said that, but I'm going to prove them wrong. Because what, what was that dude name? Uh, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer would get people to come back on his show that's from, college, from high school and stuff like that. And 99.9% of the time, they wouldn't know, they wouldn't even remember what was said. But that person that was said, it was said to, they tried to show, so now I'm successful. Now I got a, I'm, I'm, I graduated. I got a multi-million dollar job. I got a house. I got which kind? And they say, I don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> so don't try to prove something to somebody. You got proof, prove it to yourself. Yes, sir. So I guess you kind of answered it because I was going to say, because I, I knew somebody who said, like, well, I'm not going to get mad, I'm going to get even. So they did everything to prove them wrong, mm-hmm. but they kept on to the anger. Yeah. So, so how do they get rid of the anger? You replace it. Okay. Well, the number one thing you're going to do is, uh, Rosalind's favorite word, forgive them. You're going to forgive them first. See, forgiveness takes the sting out of stuff and places you in a position where you can think clearly enough to walk in freedom. You follow me? How long do you have to do it? Until you stop thinking about them. You got it? Okay. I'll just, I'll just add, um, in that football example, you replace the anger with victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, so mm-hmm. yeah. Victory and winning. 
Yeah. So you, you can use it, guys, but use it to your advantage, not your disadvantage. So look, 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 just take a look at this. Effective and beneficial in certain situations. Say certain. certain. You don't, you don't want to live off anger. Because remember I say people can stay mad all the time? You don't want to live there. So it energizes and motivates. It puts you in a state of readiness, fight or flight. You see certain things going on, car coming your way, you move out the way. You can use that to your advantage, but don't live there. Say, don't live there. How you know that you're living there? You always think about it, whatever? Can't go to sleep. Another one, alarm. We do not like what, what is going on. You understand? So alarm just went off. When you get angry, something just took place that you don't like. But can you say something about it? Just think about it. Take a step back. And just take a step back and say, okay, you know, I need to talk about this thing. Now, how do you present this? How do you, what, what do I need to say? You say it by you taking the blame. You, you understand what I'm saying? It's like, okay, so you, you're saying it's like, you know, uh, I, I apologize, but I forgot all about paying the rent. It's my fault. And, and, and do I, I owe some taxes, I mean, you know, late fees and so forth. Because sometimes you just get busy and you just forget. And then they turn around because of how you approach them and say, forget about the late fee. Just go ahead. I, I know you always pay on time, but I know something has gone on. But approach people with the way your peaceful self would want to be told. <laughs> And back to my example, my alarm and warning system, I got hot. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, Lord. Okay. And so that's why I quickly wanted to remove myself mm -hmm. from the situation, yeah. which I did. Mm -hmm. I communicated and told them what was about to happen. Mm -hmm. I didn't just hang up. I just said, okay, I'm going to let you guys go. Okay. Hung up. So then she tries to call me back immediately. My alarm and warning system say, don't answer, girl, don't answer. Yeah, yes, sir. Because once you say something, you can't take it back. No, you can't. So I waited till I cool off, called her back. I'm so sorry. I was um, busy working, which is true. Amen. And then we were able to have a calm conversation. Okay, very good. So, so other people would consider, well, I, I didn't get healing. The Bible says, can I say what the Bible says? It says a wise man sees danger and hides itself. Sees danger and hides itself. When you know you're not in control of your, your conversation and your attitude, you need to hide yourself. <laughs> go to the bathroom, go around, walk somewhere, get out of the building. You don't need to talk because it's not going to be good. All your blood went to your extremities for fight or fight. And, and so it's like you're, you ain't, you're not thinking. The nice you. The rested you, the refreshed you, the anointed you would be able to have a better conversation. Fair enough? Amen? Amen. Any questions? <laughs> this is part one. I'm going to set you up. Um, this happy hour coming up, I'm talk about how to know that you're angry, just like what Jazz talked about. I want to take you to a place where you will understand the categories of your anger, what type of anger you operate from. Because, guys, this is it. If you can process your anger and not live there, then you will have a much better, excited. People will want to be around you. I'm, I'm going to show you the characteristics of what happened when nobody wants to be around you. You know, you call and you offering the meal. You're going to, you, what's the rest, best restaurant you want to go to? 
They always got something to do because they don't want to be with you. You understand what I'm saying? You ever ate dinner with somebody who always complaining about the meal? Okay, all right, so let, let's just close our eyes. <laughs> At the end of this session, I have a prayer about that we are going to renounce some things, okay? But it won't, won't be today. I like to have every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you that this is the day that you've made, and we made a decision to rejoice and be glad in it. But your word says that we can call on the name of Jesus, and we can be born again, and we can walk in a new way of life. So if that's you today, that you want to start all over again, you want to leave the past behind you, you want to leave the anger behind you, you want to leave who you used to be to come into a saving knowledge and be born again where you have eternal and you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Today is your day. So the congregation will repeat, will pray with me in agreement with what's taking place with you all over the world. It's where this goes. So Father, in the name of Jesus, you say it in your word, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, that God raised him from the dead. I shall be saved. I call on your name now, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. I receive you now. I make you the Lord of my life. Therefore, according to your word, I am now saved. I'm born again. I have eternal life. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving me the Son. I'm saved now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please visit our website, ChosenRVA.com, and check in with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at ChosenRVA. We hope you'll join us again soon.